Welcome to the Explicit Content Podcast. Here are your hosts, Katie Martell and Lindsay McKinnon. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Explicit Content. Uh, my name is Katie Martell, and I'm here with Lindsay McKinney for another episode of Truth, Lies, and Digital Marketing. Hey, Lindsay, how's it going? I'm great, Katie. How are you? I am so, so good. It's a little rainy here in Boston, but uh, all the more reason to stay, you know, buckle down and have a conversation about uh, content vehicles that work. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you today about a what's old is new again approach. And Lindsay, I'd love to hear your, uh, your your take on this because truth be told, this was your idea. That is true. It was my idea. And we'll see. We'll see if I'm crazy at the end of this. But, um, you know, the, it really resonates with me what's old is new again because, gosh, your email box just gets inundated with someone else wrote a new white paper. And, it, you know, it's great. But let's be honest. I read white papers when I edit them, but not when I'm trying to buy anything. <laughs> I saw so research. Strange. It's true. I saw research that recently said that um, chief executive officers, you know, the big CXO, um, read f- white papers and thought leadership four hours per week. It was an, a study by Edelman and LinkedIn. And I remember reading that stat and thinking, who are these people? <laughs> who are those people? <laughs> I want to sell to those people. Where are they? Yeah. I, well, I don't know. And I've never met one of them. So, you know, it's interesting. I um, White papers, you know, I like quick digestible content. Everyone does. It's trendy. We all know that. But what really has been ringing true with me, and maybe I'm just a sucker. Maybe I'm just a girl from the Midwest that just likes a letter. But what's old and new is new again for me is really, you know, the personalized, you know, plain text email, maybe something that's sent to me that that resonates with me. So that's something that I know my colleagues and I have been testing and I'm glad we're all sitting down, but it's been working. And we get responses and we're like, well, direct mail. I remember interviewing somebody for um, a CMO job years ago, you know, like one of those panel kind of things. And this guy came in and his whole thing was, you know, what's old is new again. We should really start thinking about direct mailers and whatever. And 20 whatever year old me was like, yeah, right. This guy doesn't get marketing. <laughs> and now I'm like, I wonder where he is and what he is doing and how successful he must be at this moment. I know, really. I, th- I think part of the reason for the resurgence in direct mail, um, and I think that's a place we should start is direct mail, is account-based marketing. And I think a lot of times companies are now wondering how to break through to you know targeted accounts. Um, it's having a renaissance. And a lot of vendors like um, PFL, for example, I think Sendoso too, right? I think they're in that space too, are, yeah. are promoting the use of direct mail to break through and you know create door opener campaigns with target accounts. Because they're high value, it kind of has reframed direct mail to actually be um, worth the cost. Um, are you guys doing any over Yext? Any ABM? Yeah, absolutely. No, we do. Um, gosh, I would say that we are, I won't want to say we're over-indexed, but we are hyper-saturated on ABM. And we really realize that people are human, right? So if you, if these, if these accounts are already engaged with us and we can be more hypersensitive, we know something about them, um, we're relatable and gosh, it's handwritten notes, right? I mean, it's like, it's not just that, even if it's just something that's templated, I think there's a higher chance of response. And when you get those responses from those folks, they're so much more engaged. They're hand raising. They're actually doing something that isn't replying, hitting one button and replying. You know, they're taking the time to reach out with whatever the CTA is on the card or the letter or whatever. So those are high value, high engagement moments. And they're in the moments that matter. 
you know, they're usually in those accounts where you're not really sure how things are going. You know, we don't, we don't really have that kind of insight, but that actual physical thing um, is a, is a major trigger these days. And, and I love seeing it coming back in vogue. Um, and, and I can't tell you how these numbers have really made us kind of just stutter step because they really are that impactful. Can you tell me and everyone listening kind of what what exactly you're sending? And I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. I'll just preface it by saying, um, in a way, I don't buy that direct mail is back in vogue. I just think it's yeah. <laughs> creating more bad behavior. But let us know what's working for you first before I go on my little, my little rant. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can tell you what we're not doing, but I'll tell you that in a minute. Like, so the stuff that we're actually seeing work and people um, interacting with are things like grow with us. So we'll send, um, you know, little, um, discs of dirt that you put the seeds in and you, you know, put them in these cute little, um, planters. Um, so they're real things that maybe like, Oh, I should plant this. This is a real thing. I can't just throw this in the garbage. So we're seeing people engage with that where they actually have to take action to do something that, you know, I, I do want basil. You're right. Um, <laughs> what's not working and what we do not do are like, Here's a water bottle. I can't tell you how many water bottles I have. I know you do too, Katie. I get mm -hmm. it. You guys mm -hmm. want to interact. You're worried about me being hydrated. I'm already hydrated. I'm good. But we're really seeing this stuff that, you know, the other thing that I loved that we did was um, we did a branding and rebranding campaign and we did um, monogram stamps. And it was just, they're just special touches. They're things that, you know, everyone maybe at one point in time as a kid had one, or if you're like me and you were an Emily poster, I've got one, but come on, you're not going to go out and buy a, um, you know, an embosser for yourself, but it's a special touch and it, and it's, it's out of the norm. And that's the kind of stuff that actually matters. It certainly does. And how, and I love the, the green thumb by guilt approach and, <laughs> uh, how did, and you said you tied it back to the, uh, a larger campaign with the tagline of, of grow with us. That's right. What, what, what happened after they got, you know, the, the, soon to be basil plant or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So people want to know, you know, cause we, we did tie it. They want to know what they can do next. They want to know, like, what do you mean grow with us? Like what, what are we, what am I, what other large, you know, campaign am I a part of? Um, how am I going to be a disruptor? What does this mean for me? So we really tied it back to, you know, ROI statements and um, other, other um, customer case studies, things that are really short little quips that would pique people's interests. But that was the next step to reach out and try to understand a little bit more about what this meant for that person in their role. Um, it was really engaging and it's easy and it was like little, um, you know, we aren't trying to move mountains here with multi-step, multi-touch um, direct mail campaigns, but just to, to, you know, to be relevant. It's so true. And, and not only was it relevant, but it was, um, it was clever and it was different. And I think uh, right. the average person in an office, you know, with an office email address or a, a corporate email address gets 121 emails every day on average. I actually thought that number was low, um, but only a handful of packages. And I, I love that sense of, um, you know, it, treating that package like another opportunity. And, and my, my qualms about direct mail is that marketers, as we are prone to do, are hearing that it's now the, the you know, the en vogue place to be. Um, and so we're just kind of turning the spam cannons that way, right? And we're kind of just saying, okay, now time to email or sorry, direct mail uh, all of our accounts, you know, more crap. I actually, I, I give marketers a lot of credit and I hate to tear down uh, colleagues, but I'm going to do it 
fair warning. I, I recently was at a client office and they, somebody, they're a software company. So, you know, a lot of, a uh, lot of marketing tech trying to get into them. They're midsize. Oh, yeah. They're like in the perfect sweet spot, right? They got a package from a, a vendor and I'm really sorry if anyone from that vendor is listening. Um, I will offer you me and Lindsay's time for free to come up with something more creative. Um, I just hoard you out, Lindsay. I'm sorry. I'm in. So they hey. sent this. <laughs> they sent this box, and it, inside the box, I mean, as you do, right? People are intrigued. Okay, I want to know what's inside of it. There's this like anticipation, and it's like, well, what's in the box? You open it. What's in the box? It, oh, immediately, I was so disappointed. It was a metaphor, and the metaphor was peanut butter and jelly. And they were talking about two departments working together like peanut butter and jelly. I won't say what it was to give the vendor away, but the idea being that somehow this vendor could help drive that alignment. And the jelly was this little tiny airplane jar of jelly. (laughs) The peanut butter was like a ketchup packet of peanut butter. And it was like two and a half saltines because half of it had already broken off in this box. The rest of the box was this like useless, you know, the, the packaging crap. And then like a product sheet for the vendor. And I'm like... Somebody paid, <laughs> somebody right. paid money to send. Them. I was so uninspired. I just thought, what a wasted opportunity. It wasn't meaningful to the account. It wasn't even customized to the fact that they were a software company. It was yeah. a stunt done cheaply. And again, apologies to the vendor if you're listening to this, but I just think that's a missed chance when you do have the buyer's attention to go, ooh, package. Take sure. that and run with it. Well, and it's make the most of it. Polished, you know? I mean, you- yeah. peanut butter and jelly. First of all, we've been making these analogies forever. So there's no. no value statement there. Like we've all had the peanut butter and jelly analogy. Um, it, it's, that's just not your best foot forward. So I, I'm with you. You know, the other thing it's, it's, it's one thing when we talk about direct mail and B2B, it's different when you talk about it in B2C. And, mm. you know, I think a lot of that will keep you warm all winter long. Um, but there are some things you can do in, in B2B, right? I mean, you're trying to build people's careers here. You're trying to align your own pockets. So if you're not thinking in a mutually beneficial fashion, it's not going to work. And no one wants broken saltines in the mail. No one wants broken saltines ever. So just, you know, <laughs> dig deep people, just like That's you would amazing. do with your new basil. Exactly. And I, I feel like uh, by the time the basil actually, you know, sprouts, it's probably by the time your sales cycle closes, right? That's, well, hey, there's no harm in that. But yeah. <laughs> But see, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That's the real thing. It's so true. Pesto. No, and I, you know, the same client actually, well, we were in the room talking about what kind of direct mail they could then use for their own ABM efforts. And they brought in this example that the vendor had sent them as an example of what they did not want to do. (laughs) And let me tell you what we did instead, because I love what we ended up doing and it worked really well for them. Um, They had done this original research report uh, for the industry. Um, They're a commercial real estate property management software. And that industry in, in, in commercial real estate tech is, um, burgeoning, I'll say. It's, 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 it's starting to explode. So there's a lot of kind of technology, um, lack of technology awareness. And so there's, there's ample room in that space for education. And so they did this great benchmarking study. We had this beautiful glossy report. You know, you've all seen this done, but it worked really well in this industry. What we did was we had the top 50 accounts. We segmented them out. We said, what portions of this report are most valuable for these 50 accounts? It took time, right? But we had a very custom, you call it, you, you mentioned a letter, right? We just did a little post-it note. We said, oh. uh, you know, from the salesperson, um, this section of the report we think applies best to, you know, your company, Acme Co., love to chat about ways to address this. Bing, bang, boom, put it in the mail, done. And it was highly relevant. 
by taking that extra step to highlight this certain part of the report. Um, and it was completely new. It was something they hadn't seen before, uh, full of research they could benchmark themselves against. And that's something that I've done at previous companies in different spaces. But for this space, it was just it was so different than what all the other vendors were sending. Sure. That's something that I feel like doesn't make the buyer feel bribed. Like, you know, when you do like a, here's a cutout, a die cut of an Apple watch, take our demo and you'll get an Apple watch. Yeah. I think that's cheap. I think that's a gimmick. I think you need to send something that makes going to make someone go, you know what, this is actually, this is actually useful. Thank oh, you. For sure. Well, I think the other, there's another difference here. I, I think everyone's an influencer, right? So if I'm going to send a piece of direct mail, I would send that same, I would send that same thing to you, Katie, right? Like it's nothing I, I wouldn't send something that's so gimmicky or isn't going to be valuable to you as someone who is in my network and I trust and respect and would want you to have, right? So I kind of use that as in the back of my mind. If I open this box, if this is my, you know, ta-da moment, is this something that I would want to open? Is this something that I would want you to open? And just, you know, I, I try to kind of anticipate if this person or this person will be one of my influencers when we convert them what is the mind share that I'm making and creating and maintaining? Is mm-hmm. this ridiculous? Is this, you know, who am I? What is, what's, what does this reflect on the, the, the brand and the relationship that I'm, I'm trying to cultivate? So I kind of use that as my bar. I love that bar. I love that as a golden rule. And I'm going to use that. And now I'm going to apply that to those plain text emails you mentioned. Yes. I agree with you that they are, you know, they're, they're coming back. They are a great <laughs> antidote to like the templated, you know, header image sidebar click totally looks like a personalized email, but here's my problem with for this all the time, Katie. Oh girl. It just must, it must mean that you're doing it right. If people are actually like supporting you doing it internally, you have to apply that same like dis, um, discernment to your plain text emails. Yep. I'm going to blame MarTech. I just love to blame MarTech because I've been in it for you know, my whole life. So I can, I can blame my own industry. They had a coming companies. <laughs> everyone's trying to get rich off the marketer's mm-hmm. dime and they're not making things any better. Um, Tout app, outreach IO, reply IO, prospect IO. These companies have great potential to like drive efficiency, right? To make salespeople more efficient. True. Instead, <laughs> they are automating the worst kind of repetitive, persistent, annoying sales emails. Yeah, for sure. Agree or disagree? Totally agree. It's still, it's, it's bad behavior, especially, you know, I am not going to make friends with this one. I will not respond to your email. If there are spelling mistakes, if you clearly are templating me, if it's, yeah, I mean, tout up, shout up, shout up, use tout up for years, years ago. Love it. Great Loved tool. It. Great yeah, tool. Great tool. And I get it. You know, I, I, you can see what's real and what's not, but sometimes some of these messages are actually somebody out there is some 20 year old kid is doing their homework enough to engage me in a plain text email that I thought, okay. And I only respond to the ones where I think maybe we'll both get something out of this. I don't respond to the ones that someone should have spell checked or realized that, you know, I'm not in marketing operations, whatever. I don't respond to those, but the other ones, at least I'll give you a leave me alone. And maybe that's also because I have data anxiety and um, the little, the little notification anxiety that you get on your iPhone so I'm not leaving those things untouched. If they're great, I'll respond. If not, you're gone. But I do respond. But I do respond. I think that's so rare. Lindsay is a is a rare, uh, the elusive, you know, marketer that actually responds to 
to email. I think that's amazing. But I also think it's, you know, it's a, it's a function of the fact that now that all the marketers that we know have access to these tools in the last five years, I think the adoption of these kind of automated sales outreach email, you know, the prospectors that keep sending until someone responds, um, because everyone has those tools, there's just, it's inundated inboxes with plain text emails and everyone's still trying to kind of like out clever each other. And you have things like the Beatty subject lines, we are meeting. Yep. There's no meeting. It's a, it's a bait and switch. And it actually, my, my point in all this is to your, to your point earlier of a golden rule, are you, are you proud to show off that email? Are you, are you proud if somebody screencasts it or screenshots it and puts it on LinkedIn and blurs out your name? Like we see happening all the oh, time, so public true. shaming of these emails. I mean, you have to stop and think if everyone else is doing this, if I'm learning about this from seeing it done, is it really the best use of my limited, you know, first impression with a buyer? I think if you're using gifts in the email, the ones that are like, here's a sad puppy. If you don't answer, yeah. he'll be sad. I, I not only want to never respond, I never even want to think about doing business with you. And I don't know I'm how angry that you're utilizing so low, right? <laughs> how have we stooped so low to these points that now we're just starting to guilt people into responding? I also don't like the ones that, yeah, we're all busy. And I've seen your three emails. Oh, you must be busy. Can you just introduce me to someone else? No, I'm not putting anyone else. I, I don't, they're, yeah, I'm not subjecting them to this. Well, let me think, who don't I, who, who, who don't I value that I would like to burden with your crap email in nothing in the rest of the body of that message hasn't changed. So I, I totally hear you. I just think that that's absolutely, you know, it's bullshit at this point in time. Like, it's not fair to those marketers out who out there who really deserve their moment in in the sun. And you know, there's this one guy who's sending these repetitive emails. I don't care about your short subject lines. I don't like your R. Oh, the, I'm, those responses, Katie. I ste- I have steam blowing out of my nose when you said that. That's stuff that really gets <laughs> me. Where it's also like like I just said, you know, you get the response anxiety, and you're like, oh, I didn't respond. Oh, you're conning me. You're gone. And it's worse and you, and you feel trapped. And I think, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about what's wrong. I'd love to talk about what works. I think that, um, there's, uh, some, again, I love stats and I have a collection of stats. Um, uh, 75% of buyers choose the, uh, vendor that was first to provide value and insight in the deal. And that's not something that will shock anybody, but that's the golden rule we're talking about here. It's people are open to engaging with these emails when, um, you're addressing something new and unfamiliar to them. It's a, you're touching on something that's risky to the buyer and you're providing something that can educate them about maybe a plan of action to move forward or what they can kind of um, expect from doing business with you. I mean, people say add value. Those words have become meaningless, but I think you, you basically can use the rule of what is this buyer, um, you know, what, what haven't they considered about our space, what we're talking about, what the problems are that we're solving. What can I send them in a one sentence, maybe a link to a blog post, maybe something so short that just tells them, hey, sorry for the interruption, but here's something helpful and then back yep. off. That honestly outperformed anything we've ever done with any of my clients. It's a gentle touch. It's a helpful touch and it doesn't rely on gimmicks so that that salesperson can hit their and you number. you get one crack at the bat at that, right? You only need one crack at the bat when you're actually providing value. You don't get into these multi-touch, what have I done wrong? I wonder if there's a different way we could engage with this person. If you're valuable out of the gate, there's a really good chance that I'm going to start really rallying around your brand. And that's, you know, I, I know I keep coming back to this influencer thing, but gosh, people just don't think. They think about this flash in the pan sale or it's flash in the pan. Like I had a moment where, you know, you're, you're moving me through the sales cycle. Well, great. I got my credit for that moving on. 
these people are truly, oh, here comes a marketing buzzword, customers for Mm -hmm. life. They really are. I hate it, but it's true, right? Like I know that, and Katie, I don't know if this is the same for you, but I know that there are brands that I still have an affinity towards, you know, from the early 2000s-ish that, you know, coming up through the ranks of MarTech where I was like, you know what? I respect your brand because I had a great interaction with so-and-so, you know, in this one interaction or these handful of handfuls of interactions. Um, but it lives, right? That's what they do with our mindshare. They take it. It definitely does. It definitely yeah. does. We want to thank Rev.com for being a sponsor of the show and helping us bring transcripts and captions to the Enterprise Marketer and Explicit Content Podcast shows. For more information about Rev and to get $10 off your first order, visit emktr.co slash rev. I think we're coming up on the end of our time here. So I think to recap, um, you know, please don't be gimmicky. We can all we can all send a ton of emails. It doesn't mean we all should. Um, we all are now using direct mail again. So you really need to be creative in how you're, uh, what you're sending. It's also, as Lindsay said, it's a, you only get one crack at a first impression. So, you know, think about what that impression is. They're, uh, they're opening the box. Um, think of everyone as a possible influencer. I think that's, that's important because you never know who's going to influence the deal either now or later. Um, and the impact of, of, of lazy outreach is, is long-term. It has dangerous impact. Did I forget anything besides the fact that Lindsay will respond to your email if you cold call her in a way that is creative and <laughs> relevant? Go sell it yeah. to Lindsay. I'm standing by. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for listening. Lindsay, thank you for the conversation. Um, everyone, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Um, this has been another episode of Truth, Lies, and Digital Marketing. Thank you for listening to the Explicit Content Podcast. For more information, check out enterprisemarketer.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.